I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for Video Games Hot Dog 318. Whosoever believes in us is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of our one and only podcast. Fuck those guys. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck all their homework this week. They're condemned. (laughs) I thought you didn't like to prepare for the podcast. No, you know, I mean, loading up one... uh, Loading up one Bible verse on my phone doesn't really count as preparation. You didn't write a Bible verse generator? Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> Just feeding the entire Bible. I mean, Blasphemy. No, no 9, one would 000. be able to tell. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Blasphemy bot 9000. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just Markov chained the, the Bible? Bible, would that be blasphemy? Why, yeah, why have, no, why have I not seen this? Because this seems well, like a I think it would be really boring. Andrew Plotkin had a mashup of, he had put, this was from like Usenet in the nineties. His signature was the result of him putting Alice in Wonderland oh, yeah. and, and the Bible in uh, a Markov generator. Oh, what together. was it? I know I saw it, but I don't remember. Yeah, something. It's probably one of those these, phrases. These were the Bora Groves. Yeah, that's that's the part I remember as well. Yeah. It was right. like, oh, here's a people in a family, like so 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 and so begat so so and so. And okay. so on. These were the Borough Groves. Boy, uh, 90s uh, interactive fiction Usenet. Yeah. That's a place we all were somehow. Yeah, I, I sure was there. Didn't know each other. Nope. <laughs> were you there, Kevin? Not really. I didn't. I did not spend any time on Usenet. But where did you get your UU-encoded pornography? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The problem was that I went you from... You just typed it in. <laughs> <laughs> you typed it in from magazines. <laughs> I went from so bulletin board... Like, from a, like, like a nipples basic listing at the back of Playboy. Nipples basic. <laughs> wow. I went from BBS's straight to MIT where we actually basically had the internet when I arrived. Yeah, but the it, internet was... It was like a hundred websites when I got there. Yeah, but Usenet, but, but Usenet was there. Usenet was a bigger deal yeah. then. Like, sure, that's where you get your binaries. I, I did. I never pirated anything off discussion of discussion of REM wow. lyrics. Yeah, I, I, I was on a hyper local, hyper local like couple of bulletin boards in Colorado, and I would spend a bunch of time talking to people there, and then I went from there to the web. Basically, did you? And there was did no you spend time on IRC? Not really. Fidonet. Fidonet, I spent a bit of time on Fidonet, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That was, that was just part of the, like, that was my, like, gateway to, like, non-local BBS stuff. Yeah. So. Did you ever watch the BBS documentary that Jason Scott made? Nope. That's nine times as long as a documentary ought to be. That's not the text files one? Or the, He's, the, that's text the same guy. Text, text files, right. But, like, because he, he made no, the one. No, Get, Get Lamp was actually edited down to only maybe twice as long as a documentary ought to I be. See. Um, there was one on BBS culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it called? really good. Yeah. It is really good. It's it's called BBS the movie, I think. I think it's called the BBS documentary or BBS the documentary or okay. yeah. Uh, but it's like eight hours long. Wow, it's yeah. real long. It's, and he is now uploading all the raw footage too to archive.org. Oh, good. So. I was hoping <laughs> that there would be more. Uh, you can like you can get bits and pieces. Like it's divided up by subject. So, like, if you're interested in a particular aspect of VBS culture... It's divided up by subject, but then it's not sorted by how interesting the footage <laughs> is in that subject, which is the way you would make a documentary. Yeah. Is it for all true. interviews? For, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, part of the process of making a documentary is editing, right? Like, mm-hmm. Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Jason Scott, no. He got better at it. Yeah, like, yeah. Get Lamp is... Yeah, Get Lamp, way tighter. So... Frederick Wiseman is one of my favorite documentary filmmakers, and he started out with some tight, like, two-hour-long documentaries, um, 
and then proceeded to start making things that were much longer because he made a he made one called death and dying that was i think eight hours long six or eight hours long uh and that one i think he just felt like it would not do justice to what it was like to literally die uh to do it was it like just like six hours of black screen? Like here's here's no, what it's like. It was just like a bunch of like hospice. Like you just spend a bunch of time in hospices, like talking to people that were literally dying, and then like filmed them as they yeah. died. You know, like there were I think there were four different sort of. So death takes two hours. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly two hours in all cases. Yep. Okay. Weird. Well, that's why I went to the ER after ninety minutes because I knew I only had thirty minutes left. Okay. If yeah. Is, if this was it. <laughs> if this was yeah. It. Exactly. Ah, uh, Christ. We yeah. gotta get better insurance. Yeah. Christ, <laughs> please, Christ, deliver unto us better insurance. So we like are <laughs> on Christ's good side today. <clears throat> like asymmetric only employs three people. Like we have a bunch of contract folks, but like there's three employees, and for a long time we've all more or less avoided the hospital. So it seemed dumb to have a health insurance plan that was good. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, $5,000 deductible, not a problem. And then both Zach and I in 2017, like Max capped that out. Yeah. Well, it turns out anything at the hospital costs 5000 bucks. Yeah. The, the, it's pretty misleading that there's like a $400 copay to go to the emergency room. You're like, okay, well, this is going to cost $400. I guess that'll be okay. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, it's all of your deductible to go to the ER. Screw that. Thanks, everybody who bought uh, West of Loathing and uh, <laughs> allowed us to, I guess, they didn't do anything in either of our cases other than, like, maybe tell us what was going on. Oh, it's but, a, yeah. Well, no, I got some I got some drugs. That's true. I got some morphine. Uh, my, my pain was alleviated. And for all I know, it was the act of diagnosing what I had that, that like, caused the problem to go away. You had, like, Schrodinger's stones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you been, Jim? Any ho- any expensive hospital visits in about, your Yeah, case? I wanted to talk about hospitals, although I haven't been to one recently. Um, actually, that's that's a lie, but that's a story for another day. Um, when Alan died, who was my mentor for a long time, um, we got the bill, and the, and like turned out they didn't expect us to pay this, but we got like a bill for like uh. keeping him alive long enough to harvest his organs for being an organ donor, and it was over a hundred thousand dollars. Whoa. So just getting that in the mail is nice. Hmm. Um, Why did they send it to you? I have no idea. Huh. Maybe maybe he had a will that was like, who do you want to fuck after you're dead? <laughs> right. Oh, man. Like, Marilyn Monroe. Wait. I, I, vindictive, I vindictive wills? Like, mm. <laughs> like a battle of the wills? Yeah. <laughs> or a journal of the wills? Yeah. What, one of the tricks to hospital bills is that um, they charge the insurance company way more than they would charge a person right yeah so like if you were if you went to the er you didn't have insurance you could negotiate that well, however much it was way down i think i probably would have refused some services had i known that i was going to be charged they don't know the people who are offering the services they won't know how much it costs so it's not like you can right. ask well no but i just would have like i don't know that i really needed like an iv right that probably was a, that would probably by itself was probably a thousand dollars or something probably. stupid because they but, didn't really do Especially because, like, IV bags are now, like, in short supply because they were manufactured in Puerto Rico. Oh, the bags themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Couldn't you just, like, fill a grocery bag with saline and kind of plug it up? Probably. It's the most beautiful transfusion you've ever seen. It wouldn't be legal. (laughs) Oh. But it'd be cheaper. It would be cheaper. What if we just got rid of all regulation? Wouldn't that that make everything better? That would make everything cheaper, for sure. We're on the way. It's almost here. Great. That era. (laughs) 
What if we <clears throat> built a wall between us and where all of the IV bags came from? That would from? not be cheaper. <laughs> that would be more expensive. What if we built a wall between us and China to stop all of the iPhones from coming in? I think Pacific Rim was about that. Hmm. Was it a wall of Godzilla's? <laughs> Did, wasn't there a plot point in that movie that they tried building a wall around the rift where the monsters were coming out? No. I okay. Don't that. Maybe that maybe I, maybe that was just like why don't they just do this in my head? I've never seen Pacific Rim, so it could be like I would believe you no matter what you told me it was about. Sure. I don't remember every detail about it, but I do remember the like they had to have multiple operators that were like somehow like psychically bonded. Right. And only one of them could be a woman. Right. <laughs> what did they call the the Mecca, the Gundams? I don't remember. There was a name for them yeah. in the movie, um, right? Um, Titans? Pokemon? I, I, I have, like, literally, this movie was, like, s- such fluff that it has just. The main thing I remember about Jacks. Pacific. <laughs> it was something like that. The main thing I remember about Pacific Rim was that the people who liked the arc of the one female character, like, in response to, like, people saying this film fails the Bechdel test, they made up a new test. For the movie to pass. Wow. It was like that the, the, there's a woman who has a character arc or something like that. So that's the moving goalposts <laughs> test? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Seriously, what do they call the... I, dude, I don't remember. We've got phones here. Fruit we Loops? That Kaisers? Or... Defrosted Flakes. Something. Gundams. S- skip Stones. Ke- <clears throat> kelp. Forests. The uh, the Oscar Oscar nominations came out for oh yeah what what happened there lots of good stuff uh, oh yeah get, Boss get Baby out. was nominated for best animated feature yeah which I saw Didn't on the plane Laura, Laura Mache on Twitter said that that movie was it's entirely worth paying attention fine. to really yeah okay, so my my sense of it is based entirely on the trailer which was terrible right but they might have just taken the worst five minutes or three minutes from the movie it's fine it is not. A great movie. You've seen it? I have. I saw it on the plane. Okay. Uh, on the yeah. plane ride back from, from yeah, the Boston. Pla- plane rides are a great excuse for seeing <laughs> terrible yeah, mediocre movies. movies. Yeah. I saw a bunch of actually good. I saw Dunkirk on the plane to Boston. Uh, another good example. Dunkirk was a pretty good movie. It's like, it's another sort of Saving Private Ryan-esque film where yeah. it's the horrors of war. Right. And how we're all great Americans and oh, in that case, British people. Brits. Yeah. Mostly yeah. Brits. Um, Jaegers. Jaegers. Okay. Okay. So, you, wait, have you seen it or not? No. But how did you know they had a special name? I did the discourse around it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was definitely involved in the discourse around the movie, okay. despite having not seen it. I, you know, I, I like to go on the internet and uh, have, have loud things. opinions about things that I don't know anything about. <laughs> okay. So, I, I need to know the terminology. I need to brush up on the jargon. I, uh, I, saw, uh, I saw The Last Jedi. Uh, recently, what'd you think? Past couple days, uh, it was fine. It was. It felt a little long. Yep, it's like that's true. Probably, probably about half an hour of stuff could have been cut out. They probably could have cut out one or two sort of like the whole plot. Sessions. Every part of the movie with Luke. Oh man, I'm just kidding. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> those were those were often the least interesting bits, like just in terms of moving the story forward, right? Like, but. Yeah. But you'd lose the giant alien cow boobs joke. Oh, yeah, I guess. Be ashamed to lose that hilarity. 
Um, you know, you know what everybody always said about Star Wars when we were growing up? God damn, that was funny. So, yeah, I, so this was a thing I, that I was tr- trying to, to like figure out on the way out. Like, there was more sort of like direct humorous bits in this than I remember any other Star Wars film having. But uh, Melissa was pointing out that like, you know, all of them have been kind of campy and like yeah. they definitely there's definitely like humorous moments in yeah, every I, Star I Wars like movie. Most the movies are they tend to be at their worst when they're at their most serious. The I don't know the dog fighting scenes are always pretty good and compelling yeah. to me but but that, i think that's pretty campy though uh okay like dog it's, fighting it's, it's in space mel- I, I don't think it's campy i think it's melodramatic sure right sure okay. and that's its own thing and you can just be on board for that and be okay i mean you can be on board for something that's campy too but sure. like but i know. do think like this movie was pretty heavily informed by the like the marvel movies yeah it definitely felt it, it just felt snyder in a way that that Star Wars just had like from been. one day at a time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I haven't thought about him in a long time. <laughs> he was great. He was sort of my my model for what a mustache could be. <laughs> also, it's Schneider, not Snyder, but still, <laughs> you know. Sorry, I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, that guy was so much Jaeger than all the all of the other building superintendents. Uh. Yeah, I like more. I just want more Star Wars, right? Like, sure. I really liked Rogue One, which apparently is a minority opinion, but I thought that was just, it was great to have a self contained Star Wars movie. I really liked Minority Report, which is kind of a rogue opinion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't remember if I liked Minority Report. I saw it recently. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, actually. I saw it, it again. Because okay. yeah. there's that whole um, uh, gross sandwich scene. Yeah. That's yeah, the gross sandwich scene is memorable. Yep. Was that the one where there's where Tom Cruise chases eyeballs down a hallway? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the one thing I remember from that movie. Because he had to have his old he had to have his old eyes to get, to break into the the facility. Right. Because um, they hadn't removed his eyeball access. Right. <laughs> yep. But he I had watched, to have new eyes so that he wouldn't get tracked. Right. I've watched almost the entire series of Black Mirror. Since okay. the last time we recorded. The entire, like, all, all, all seasons. Season. Yeah, I, I have, like, three left in the most recent season, I guess. This, so have I've been watching... destroyed all your technology yet? <laughs> no, I, you know, I put off watching this for a really long time because everybody was like, oh, it's so bleak and depressing and horrifying, and it's, like, really not that big of a deal. Like, I, if I had it known... Is, it is bleak, but it's not... Like, yeah, if I had not known how not horrifying bleak. it was and how little of it there was, I would have watched it all a long time ago. There was a... Th- I've been watching The Good Place uh, recently, and there's a throwaway joke uh, in it where somebody was talking about their favorite TV show that was on BBC... Uh, that ran for 16 years. They've made almost 30 episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Although the the most recent seasons are way more... Yeah, well, because the, the, the first two seasons were actually BBC and this, the second two were Netflix. So. I see. The um, So they just, do they just have, like, almost no TV in Britain? I think they just do, like, six-episode runs of shows and they're just done. But then what, what do they put on the rest of the time? Uh, Reruns of news? Faulty Towers? But then there were only, <laughs> okay. like, 12 episodes of Faulty Towers. Right, yeah. So they- <laughs> Just news. Just that much more happens in, yep. in England. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, they have like four channels, right? Like, no, fair enough. 
the uh i watched the last night i watched the first episode of the most recent season where it's like star trek yeah. oh yeah i like that one a lot that one was pretty good did you okay yeah i mean I've, i liked i liked the star trek conceit a lot i thought like it was i thought that it was really well done i liked sure. the video game one although that this one was kind of like the one where they the Christmas one from with John Hamm. Yep. Right. It's sort of the exact same premise. There's, there's they, a couple that sort actually, of repeat. Yeah, they, they they use that premise a lot. The the which, final episode you know, in this season is among my favorites. Of was the that whole the one show. that was itself an anthology? Yes. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> I've noticed it getting a lot more self-referential like there's a lot more little easter eggs of things from previous shows you'll, which is the only thing that makes me want to watch it in order you, you'll <laughs> you'll the last episode pays off on that a lot okay yeah um i liked the one where the guy goes to play test a video game and then it does the he's in a haunted house yep. like i like haunted that was houses. a good one haunted houses yep. are cool yeah always anyway heavy heavily recommend black mirror yeah turns out have you seen really, the good place no. i i like I'm only halfway through the first season, I think, and I can, I like, I'm into it. It's, yeah, it's good. Yeah. There are a bunch of short, like 20 minute episodes, which I guess it's, I guess it was like an actual, like aired on NBC as a half hour. So is that on, on Netflix? Or? It is on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Don't anybody do not look at the Wikipedia article for it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Cause Jenny said to me, Hey, you should watch the good place. And I'm like, yeah, I heard that that's good. I don't know anything about it. And the Wikipedia article spoils the entire, like season uh, here's, one finale twist. Here's in, like, here's my, here's paragraph. my guess. Somebody thinks they're in heaven, but it turns out it's hell. I'm not going to say uh, anything. <laughs> yeah, I so don't know about that. Wikipedia saw, had spoiler warnings on it like 10 years ago. I didn't, and I then, didn't like, even know that somebody was in heaven, right? Like I, I thought it was, I didn't know anything about it at all. And so like oh, you that spoiled it. Well, but that, that's, that is revealed in the first five minutes. Oh, okay, so like, okay. I remember watching a community theater play in the tiny town that I grew up in, in Illinois with my grandmother. Like we went to like. And it, there wasn't even a community theater. There was just a community theater group that put on plays at the church. Okay. And there was a, there was a like one act play, which was like a guy in tennis clothes, having a good time, living a life of luxury. And then at the end, he's like real bored and there's nothing to do because he's done everything before. And, the, you know, there's tired of all of the same food in the fridge and everything. And he's like, wait a minute. This isn't heaven. It's hell. <laughs> oh, it's, oh yeah, that's it's a, basically that's a Twilight that Got Milk commercial, right? Yeah. Like it, it really was like it, but, but it ends with him saying, you know what? I'm tired of this. I want to, I want to go to the other place. I want to go to hell. And then the woman who's there with him says, no, this is hell. Buddy. That, that's, and it's like, that's wah, exactly wah, how wah, that wah. Twilight Zone episode ended. Yeah. So. so it must have just been that Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> like, hmm. Maybe every community theater thing that I've ever seen has just is been a hell. Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah. Hell or is other people, especially community theater people. <laughs> I went, I went skiing last weekend for... That's weird. The, so, if you only go skiing once every 10 years, which is so far what my life has consisted of, uh, every time you go, there are dramatic improvements in the technology of skiing <laughs> and the and the comfort associated with them. Wait, so, so when so, I was a kid, skiing was what? like going down a mountain like with boards strapped to your feet. Uh -huh. Has that changed? So, what happened in between the first time and the second time I went skiing is that they decided, hey, wait a minute, we don't need to give beginners the kinds of skis that we give to experts. We can give them skis that are shaped such that it's easier to steer and you can't go as fast. Oh. So it's just nicer and 
safer and easier to get around that if you don't know what you're doing. Nice. And apparently, so like you have just two snowboards. They, they're sort of feet. shaped like fish. They they're, mm. they they bulge out at the front and at the back. Okay. Um, and this time it was just a thousand times easier to walk around in the ski boots without the skis. Like some dramatic improvement in the way that ski boots functions has occurred. Because it was like a nightmare trying to like get upstairs to get some more hot chocolate or a beer at the ski lodge the last time I did it, which was 10 years ago, eight, eight nine, 10 years ago. Okay. And this time, the, so there's like a little switch on the back of the boot that you can flip to switch it between walking and skiing mode. Okay. But that didn't do anything that I could tell even without flipping that switch. It was just way easier to walk around. I don't know what, I don't know what the improvement is there. Maybe one of our listeners knows a lot about ski technology. Anyway, go skiing. It's fun. You, you, mostly you're just, it's kind of like fast, fancy standing. <laughs> like you don't have to do anything. You just stand there and then you're going real fast. Have you, and sometimes trees hit you. Eh. Have you uh, ever gone stand up paddleboarding? Cause that is the same, but slow. <sighs> that seems like it would suck. Like it'd be like a lot of work. It is. And you don't get to go very fast nope. and you could drown yep. and it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's you're outdoors, and if you like water, which I don't, uh, then that is. Yeah. A fun I only one. like water when it's been turned into snow and sprinkled or on a whiskey. mountain by Jesus. Wow! What if you just? What if it was a whiskey mountain? What if the snow was all just, that, just frozen? I think, whiskey? I think that would be mm-hmm. have to be a lot colder. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's fine. That's allowed. Or just okay. Just wear more layers. Yeah. Um. Wait, so so did you already know how to ski? When did you learn? Uh, was it, was I mean, like, I guess I sort of learned to ski 20 years ago. Sure. Uh, and did, did that skill persist over yeah, a 10-year gap? And enough. Also, you, there's not much to it. Okay. Like, you, I, I, I spent a few minutes in the hotel watching YouTube videos of, here's how to ski. Like, there's a lot of just, like, beginner, like, ski advice stuff. And I'm like, okay, I kind of remember this. And then it's like you just get up there and, like, really you're just sort of falling down the mountain it seems terrifying to me why because because well, of because the of trees. the because of the horrible accident well, yeah, that I've, you had the yeah i was snowboarding but it, yeah, it was right it, uh, but you're never anywhere near the trees okay like uh, you but go on easy... other people and people are like trees yeah that's true that's the main thing the only times that i like ate shit like trying to just not you know trying to not eat shit and then ate shit was because like a little kid would suddenly Appear. swerve across in front of me and I would have to stop to avoid hitting him and like stopping is like not a thing you can do <laughs> apparently stopping is not a thing I can do um but no there are big wide tracks like the, we went to some place in Tahoe and it I had never been there before that's a real nice little nice little town around a big lake like a lot of mountains people, people recommend it casino it's good it's good stuff there's a casino yeah. Huh. Yeah. Is it on a reservation? It's in Nevada. Wait, what? Lake Tahoe is on the California Nevada border. Oh. So there are casinos on the Nevada side. And I did not know are, that. Like the ski resort that I went to is like half in California, half in Nevada. Crazy. Um, so what do they have on the California side that's illegal in Nevada? Weed. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Actually, no, I guess weed's legal in Nevada too. Oh, is Aww. it? Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I just haven't heard about it. It's not, it's, it might be a real thing. No. Although it's illegal federally, so we're all just doomed. Well, I mean, you don't smoke weed, so you're not doomed. Well, but I have in the past. Okay. You think there's a, there's an Thought infinite police. statute of limitations? Yep. 
Uh, well, it's not the statute of limitations actually is really long. It just seems really short. No, the statute of limitations is really short. It just seems really long. Yeah, yeah. That's damn it. That's, that's tricky. God, I'm so stoned. I forgot what being stoned is like. It, it gets stored in your body fat. So right. like, you mm-hmm. take a drug test twenty years later, you're probably still gonna fail it. It's true, especially if you just keep putting on more body fat, which has definitely been my mm-hmm. MO. Well, I mean, if you're stoned all the time, you're gonna eat nothing but tweak. Twi- Tweets. Hi. Hi. I'm a guy who's trying to say Twinkies and Cheetos at the same time. And (laughs) instead saying saying neither. Tweetos. Wow. That's great. You guys play any video games? Uh, Maybe. No, actually. Well just the same one. I've been I want to hear about Kingsfield. I don't have Screw you, Zach. To I'm going to listen to Zach. I, I, I would listen to Kingsfield. You were like about to cut your microphone cord last week rather than listen to Kingsfield. <laughs> that, wouldn't even, that wouldn't even fix it. That would just, it would just make it impossible for me to you interrupt. You so irrationally mad. About it. <laughs> I... Okay, I must just have resting mad about <laughs> video games face because I like if anything I was maybe kind of bored. Sure, but sure. I don't. Riff, isn't it isn't it time for a Queensfield? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, actually, that uh, that does remind me of uh, a different game I could talk about a little bit. Um, there's a reigns f- her majesty. Yes. Good guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. that made me want to talk about that too. When Kevin said, isn't it time I, for I, Queensfield? I, I, Go I for heard it. when I heard that came out, I like, I was like, Oh, I'll get that. And I, I, uh, I wasn't aware that it was a sequel to just reigns. So I got that one instead, not knowing. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. wasn't this supposed to be about a queen? This is just a King, but I played that for a while. <laughs> and then I realized and got the other one and played that for a little while. So reigns is, it, I've not played it, but same. it's, Reigns is sort of like uh, Tinder, but for video games. Yeah, sort, sort of. Yeah, it's like you're you're a ruler, and every turn, which I guess is like a year of your of your rule. Uh, you have to tell somebody how long something is. Yeah, one one or another of your advisors appears and suggests something, and you can swipe them left or right for yes or no. Okay. And and every do you then date them? Every every decision you make, you have like four stats, which are like how much the common people and the church and the army like you and how much your treasury you have. Okay. And when... How much money likes you. Yeah, how much money likes you. And when any of those stats gets either all the way to the top or all the way to the bottom... Something happens that causes your your king or queen to be killed, and Whoa. and huh. you start over with and like you know the king is dead. Long live the king! And so you get a new guy and you go on from there. And the at each decision point, it tells you like you can you can slightly move the the card from left to right without actually doing the committing to the full swipe, and it'll show you which of the four stats each decision will affect, but it doesn't tell you how much or in what direction. Well, that kind of tells you it, how it kind much, of right? You, like, yeah, it does have There like are two magnitudes. It'll like, this will, yeah, yeah, this will affect this a little or this will affect this a lot. But it doesn't tell you in, in which direction. And sometimes it's surprising. Yeah, sometimes it's surprising. And then there are cards that are rarer and sometimes decisions that you make unlock new cards that can appear. So there are sort of like quests that kind of happen 
down okay. through the generations. It's it's kind of cool. It's it's a fun little thing, and and like a single game is super fast. So, and Her Majesty was written by Lee Alexander. Yeah, my experience with the the sequel, which you're a queen instead of a king, is it was way better written. Right, the first one, the writing is kind of nominal. Mm-hmm. Like it was more about the system, the game, and the system. Right, and the writing was was serviceable. Right, but it wasn't like good. Like Lee's writing is good, but there was never a time when I looked at the decisions that was being made and had like any ability to predict what effect it was going to have on the systems. And it just made it like I just didn't play very much of it because it was like, well, this is good, but like I can't get better at it, you know, and it's like gonna be the same thing a bunch of times in a row if i play multiple games of it just because of the way the game works it's like it's like kind of a game format that is almost made worse by having better writing because better writing is going to create these situations where there's a lot more nuance in the decisions that you're making but then that means there's a lot less predictability in like what it's going to do to the meters that you're trying to manage which is what like determines whether you get to keep playing or not um yeah it was a few weeks ago but but uh what what platform is this for? iOS. Yeah, cool. Probably Android too. It's it's interesting because it's like it is Tinder inspired, I guess, but it's not. Was Tinder the first like a swipe to swipe to one side to make a choice interface? Probably not, right? But it's the first one that was compelling enough that it became yeah. like well known. Right. Okay. It's the one that that coined the phrase swipe left on somebody. This is more, I can never remember which one is, which one is which swiping right is good. Swiping right is I do want to fuck you and swiping left is I don't. And swiping right is from left to right. Yeah. God, that's another, (laughs) uh, you can shake to undo if you mess up. Okay. Uh, but you have to be on the paid tier to get more than like like, three shakes. You're in the middle of fucking somebody and you're shaking your phone. Ah, rats. (laughs) This turns out it was a bad idea. I, <laughs> Did you guys see the the Twitter thread that was about how for forever science knew that queen bees were female, but they called them king bees until the reign of Queen Victoria? They didn't know that they were queens. Huh. Well, for a while. For least. a while. For yeah. a while. And so they just assumed that they were kings because of the cultural context. Right. And then the biology, both the biology and the social sort of understanding changed, and that allowed them to be called by their correct gendering. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah. Yeah, that was weird that they were king bees for a long time. Like thousands of years, 2,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. Queen Victoria changed all the things. Reigned for a long time. Yeah. Later than you thought. Those are all. Those are all during, interesting facts during the Wild West. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Didn't like Queen Elizabeth like only just broke that broke her record for length of term. Hmm. Did I hear that somewhere? Mm-hmm. You've been watching a lot of BBC News in between the four shows they have there. <laughs> no, it's I stay up late at night, so so I see a little bit of British Twitter. Or Britter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we were we were both. I thought we were going to say it simultaneously. Yeah. I wasn't trying to step on you. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to unite. You, you you do the countdown thing with your fingers right. silently. Britter. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Oh, you, I should have joined in. What have you been playing, Jim? Um, I uh, played some. I played some Dungeon Keeper. Oh yeah. After after listening, the, listening watch to the Watch Fireballs, Out for Fireballs. Yeah. yeah. This was a game I had played like I guess in my early twenties and liked a lot at the time. Um, and I like it a lot more as a a city builder. Sure. Then as uh like it's not a I mean I don't like RTS games anyways but it's not very good at that. But it's it's like really compelling as a just a, a collection of systems where the monsters interact with your dungeon. Um yeah, it'd be good if like if tower defense had been invented as a genre before Dungeon Keeper had come out. I think it would have been, been a much better game. Oh wow. If they just made All right, you're building this dungeon that also has to defend itself yeah, some but levels, using tower defense because it's kind of like that. Yeah, some levels are already kind of like that. So much of it requires you to be actively partaking to like maximize your chances of winning yep. in conflict though. I, it's also got that like bullfrog mush where <laughs> multiple things can occupy the same space at the same time mm-hmm. in a way that's really dumb and feels bad. What What's an example? Uh, like Dungeon Keeper. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, of them. <laughs> you, when you pick up, you, like, you can pick up all of your monsters from the menu. And, like, the way that you win fights in that game, the way that you participate in fights is you pick up all the monsters from the menu and then you drop them wherever the invaders are. Yeah. And then they spend a bunch of time figuring out how to not all occupy, like, not all be occupying the same space. Right. And then half of them will be like, fuck you, I'm not happy <laughs> enough to fight these guys and just start walking back to wherever they're, whatever they were doing know, before. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and like a lot of uh, trying to take over a base is like micromanaging. You're drawing, dropping an imp so that it can capture the territory, right. but then it gets scared by something, and so you have to pick it up and wait for the other thing to go away and drop it again. It's it's very micromanagey. It's very like that's not a good part of that game for sure. A game where you were just allowed to like mess with the systems, right? Mess with the simulation without having a goal. Other than like have a cool dungeon, yeah, you know, like yeah. that yeah. seems like. Although I'm not sh- like I don't think this game holds up in that respect. If you under those constraints, like, um, I feel like I I, I got like two thirds of the way through the main campaign last week, and um, like I I was basically building my dungeon up to about the same level of sophistication every every level, and then having an excuse to start over feeling like I'd made progress uh, and that was compelling. But like, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I probably back in the day, but like this, this, this playthrough, I didn't use two thirds of the kinds of rooms. I like know. I never engaged with like the systems where like some of your monsters don't like each other. So you have to give them separate layers. Uh, um, putting in, putting enemies in prison. I never yep. messed with, even though that was a yeah. thing you could do. Yep. Did you ever play the board game? Dungeon Lords is that the name of it? You're asking me. Jim is what I was is no. who was asking because it's it it is reminiscent in a lot of ways because you are designing a dungeon and then you're having like sequences of adventurers come in that you have to defend. Have to fight. It's yeah. weird and mathy, and it's, it's very mathy. It's a game that bugs me because. I want to play a game about making a cool dungeon. Yep. And this is this Dungeon Lords really wants to be a game about scoring the most points in this Euro game that happens to have the theme of building a dungeon. <laughs> what do you think about Galaxy Trucker? So you're building a cool spaceship. Yeah. So that's cool. And then the race kind of gets 
like that's the least interesting part of it to okay. me. Because just like so, Galaxy Trucker, you have a lot more freedom. Like you can, you could just make a cool looking spaceship if you wanted to. You're like you're trying to think of like how to like build the biggest baddest spaceship that's like defended against yeah. the threats that you know are going to come. Uh, but you have to have a goal to be building towards, right? Like it's not just you can't just have like a beauty pageant for spaceships right at the end why not why couldn't you make a game where it was like hey whoever has the coolest spaceship wins or maybe like everybody's spaceship is pretty cool so let's just have some beers <laughs> okay i'd play that game yeah you don't, you don't drink like beer though. yeah I, I would drink some some kinder beer like Ugh. a does that come with a toy <laughs> in it like a chocolate <laughs> yeah. beer with an action it's got, figure it's floating got, in it's got it cracker illegal, jacks in illegal it. in the u.s yeah it's got cracker jacks that's just beer with caramel corn floating in it oh. is the alcoholic version of a Kinder Egg. Oh, I would have said beer with peanuts floating in it. Which do you okay, think is the right. main part of a Cracker Jack? <laughs> what? I mean, it's what? both, right? Uh, it's Wait, definitely the caramel corn. Peanuts is the are defining like the case. part that everyone just throws away. Right. I mean, I eat. I eat the peanuts. Yeah. So we, I also the eat the beer, toy, not the, so... not the main oh, part of a beer. So you're saying that, you're saying that, that <laughs> oh, the Cracker when... Jack is like. The beer replaces the good part of Cracker Jack, and then right. you just get the, like, right. oh, interesting. But that's not how a Kinder Egg worked. Like, the chocolate doesn't replace the good part of a toy. What are we even talking about? <laughs> Kinder beer is just like what they call beer for children in I Germany. See. So it's just oh. chocolate milk. No, it's beer. It's just or really just watered low, down. Wait, low alcohol wait, wait this is a thing. This is a, actually a thing that exists? Yeah, yeah. I thought they, you were just They, they give it joking. to kids so that, well, this, is, this isn't why, but the result is that, like, kids in Germany don't, like, fucking get crazy drunk as teenagers because beer isn't that special. Oh, because they've right. already developed a tolerance. <laughs> huh. Kinder beer. Okay. Uh, and finish. Would you, would you drink it in some sort of kinder beer kindergarten? Of, of course. <laughs> what? I would do that now. Kinder beer garden is good. Yeah. I like it. I finished uh, Dragon Warrior. The not the not the NES version, but the remake that is did, much shorter because it's less there's less grinding. Did you um did you cheat at all? Well, I I played the remake. I see. So that's kind of it's like kinda cheating. like cheating. Um and I also probably looked at some walkthroughs to I definitely looked at some walkthroughs to um figure out where to go next. Um and I I was really impressed with just what that game does experientially. Like there's a the main quest you get at the beginning of the game is rescuing a princess. Um, and when that culminates, like probably three quarters of the way through the game, after which it turns out, oh, there's another m even more main quest. Um, they actually like, they have you carry the, like carry the princess over through the overworld back to the castle and it changes your sprite so that like your character is visibly carrying uh, this woman, which is just really, it's really neat. It doesn't change any of the gameplay at all. It's it just, just feels really important. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, when you are confronting the final boss, he tries to convince you to join him. Um, and can't, can't you just choose to join him? You can choose to join him. And I didn't try it on the remake, but in the original NES version, if you said yes, the screen just went black. And then you had to reset the game to, uh, to continue the, playing. That's the canon ending for Dragon Quest Builders. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. That was so good. Yeah. Like the fact it's coming that knowing out on Switch soon. Oh man, great. Oh, yeah, cool. Knowing knowing that about Dragon Warrior 1 and then learning that that's the canon yeah. like pre-story to Dragon Quest Builders was like so effective. Yeah. 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 
Can I write Dragon Quest Builders? That's the one where it's like it, like it it's gives like you some Minecraft. Of an objective. Dra- yeah, it's just like Dragon Warrior plus Minecraft, and you like have to like you just get to a certain point, and then it's like okay, let's start over. Is that the same? Is that what I'm thinking of? You move yeah, to a new island. Does. Yeah, you can always go back. But, sure, but, yeah. but it's like it's but like yeah. new. It's objective. still it's so good. You'll okay. love it. Cool. Like it's it like gives you Dragon Quest Builders more than any other game has like it made me feel the way that Minecraft made me feel oh, when I discovered Minecraft. Oh, cool. I remember arguing with you that, that I felt like Minecraft was like a survival game and you did not feel that way at all, right? Because it's, you're like gathering resources and avoiding I, I remember killed by like when, when Minecraft was fir- first in the discourse and at the time I was on the quarter to three web, the forums, as opposed to on Twitter. Um, Is that Tom Chick's Yeah, Tom thing? Chick's website. Okay. Yeah. Um the discourse there was that it was a survival game. And I think it was even single player at the time. Right. Originally. It's hard for, I mean, I guess we've known each other a long time. I probably imagine arguing with you about just about anything back when I was a jerk before I learned to truly appreciate you. Uh, but I, I mean, it's a survival, like there's well, okay. survival mode. And then don't starve. Do you feel like it reminds you of Minecraft at all? No. That's okay. so that's yeah, we, that's definitely, we definitely so differ. because in Minecraft, when you die, the world is still there and you respawn into it. Mm. Right. OK. Which I don't that know was, that I think that a survival a game difference. has to be permadeath. But like the reason that Don't Starve is not like Minecraft is because the depth of the world in Don't Starve is one percent of the depth of the world in Minecraft. Yeah, and the like, degree to which you can affect it and change it. Interesting. Like they're just absolutely orthogonal to one another and it's huh drives me nuts that people compare them i know because you don't have to partake in the whole like breaking down the environment and building up fantastic castles portion of minecraft if you don't want to right like you could just sort of wander around and fight things and like be looking for the valuable resources to eventually get to like like don't starve has the depth of minecraft if you couldn't destroy or place blocks yeah which defeats the point like that's interesting where like if all you were doing was punching pigs yep right and waiting for lightning to strike somewhere so you could cook the pig steaks right i don't remember how any of that works you can move around a bunch of like resources like you can uh, you know flowers and grass flowers and grass and trees and stuff yeah. yeah so so did you did you join forces with the dragon lord not this time nice no i killed the dragon lord nice <laughs> was it a hard fight uh it took a couple of tries but no it was like and this is and again this was the remake so like there was there's still some grinding but it it feels a lot more reasonable <laughs> I like that the damaging spell in that game was just called hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think there was a hurt more that was the the one you got later. Mm. Uh, and I played um, some more Lizard. Uh, and I actually also talked to the developer about it because this game is technically still in beta. I thought like it was out, but it is in beta and he's, like the cartridges have not gone off to printing yet or however you make a cartridge. Um. And I, it was weird, like, that this was something that I just did by talking to the guy, but he fixed the platforming. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it feels okay now. Huh. Um, 
Well, did, did he fix it or did he just make it the way that you want it to be? I, I think he made it the way most people who play this game would prefer it to be rather mm -hmm. than how he wanted it to be. You speak but he, for he, all of us, huh? But he also like, I, I think he, he talked about like wanting to write, uh, he, he, he's done a bunch of, uh, on the lizard Kickstarter. And I think most of these posts are publicly accessible. There are a bunch of like technical posts about like, here's how you make an NES game. Like, mm -hmm. here's how he made the soundtrack. And the soundtrack, like, I wasn't playing with headphones before, but it turns out to be really good. Um, like, and here's, here's the details of like how the soundtrack was created. And that was, that was a really interesting article. And, like, there's more, a bunch of more technical stuff about like nuances of making an NES game on there. And he talked about wanting to write a design article about how this is why I made the platforming like this. And this is why I decided to not make the platforming like this because everybody else hated it. Hmm. Huh. Um, so I played it a bunch more. I started using save states because like I had my strategy when I first played the game was just to like, because there's no, there's almost no gating in the world. I was just to wander. And when I died, just try a different direction. Um, and the result was like the world felt really flat and getting places didn't feel like an accomplishment. And eventually I, stopped getting to new places because it like on a random walk you're not gonna get everywhere you're just gonna you sometimes will fall into a rut or whatever um and so i started using save states and like pushing against places that killed me like getting past them deliberately um and when i did that i just almost immediately found an ending like huh. I, f I got to a boss fight and it took a bunch of like saving and loading to kill the boss but i got an ending um, and talking to the developer about this, I don't know how much I should say, like it, I, I had it, my first impression of this was that it, it's, this game is like, it doesn't save your state. There's a password system, but that's just like, here's where you were in the world and which of the lizard suits you were wearing. And that's it. There's no like Metroid style upgrades. Um, and, um, but there is a lot more to the game than that. I, I, my sense of it was just that like, this is like really flat. You just wander until you kill a boss. Uh, but it turns out there are a bunch of those and you can, if you, you kill them all in the same session, you get like a bonus ending. It was, it was like a really enlightening, um, conversation that I probably shouldn't discuss in detail, but like that, structure if you don't know about it like if this game were had been released in 1989 i think a lot of kids would have really dug into it and like really explored all the nuances of the game but like releasing it in 2018 it's a hard sell it's a hard sell to like expect people to just like kind of dig into this and pick up on all the all the um the hidden stuff do you is is the reward for doing the stuff that that you find in it just like a screen of text or uh the ending that i got was like here is a picture and here is a, here is some text okay there's like a conversation between two characters but you did you like kill a boss and then pick up the treasure chest that the boss dropped or something or like how do you, you there's no in-game reward so but how do you kill all of the bosses if killing one of the bosses triggers an ending uh, if you start a new game from yeah that point that uh, boss will okay. have will stay dead okay 
Yeah. So like this, I, I, I really like have a lot of respect for this game, but also like I'm probably done playing it and it's really a hard recommend. Play anything else? Um, can't think of anything. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I played a game that you had seen at, I think, either Indiecade or... Yeah, Indiecade. Bitrat? Bitrat. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you gifted me a copy of Bitrat. It's out on Itch.io. And uh, I played through... Oh, happy maybe birthday, buddy. And, and uh, an hour or so of that. And it was a lot of fun. I like it a lot. It is sort of an, uh hacking puzzle game. Kind of, kind of pipe dreamy, a little bit, yeah. But, but way, it's like, way more like interesting. It's levels. like a layer of pipe dream on top of a layer of a different game that's like pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a like a, a super small pipe dream level where you are, you have a bunch of smaller intermediary goals that change how the level works, uh, and it was really, really tightly designed. The levels are like very clever uh and and really like thoughtful and slowly slowly introducing new mechanics that allow you to sort of have more and more sort of the possibility space uh within a relatively small play field like three by three grid kind of oh wow yeah that's Uh, the the grid in pipe dream was like eight by eight exactly wasn't it? yeah right because in that one because the, that has just a relatively singular goal whereas this one has so many smaller intermediary goals that mm. it's it's way more rewarding i think is this like that variation on tic-tac-toe where every square on the tic-tac-toe board is itself a tic-tac-toe board <laughs> not 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 really no this okay. one is it's uh, there are just each each grid space has uh like a a pipe sort of tile that you can rotate um and there's a like a power source and you need to route power to various places to activate them and sometimes that will reward you with narrative bits or mm. sometimes it will reward you with uh being able to rotate that piece into a position that it couldn't otherwise been in then you route through the whole thing at a different direction to then be able to go through that to a new new piece um just just very like very cleverly using the con the constraints to create these sort of puzzles that uh feel very satisfying to to win cool um and the narrative is cool too because it's like you're playing as an ai trying to escape a facility um and and controlling the environment and the the humans that are in the facility to to age so this is like the, the pre-game for uh universal paper clips exactly sure uh, and so then I played that. I played uh, also at Zach's recommendation. I played um, Six Match, which is Aaron Steed's new game. Uh, <laughs> You're not just dominating the global <laughs> leaderboard. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that hard when there are only a couple hundred people playing. I think um, it's sad that there are only a couple hundred people playing this game. Yeah, it is a good game. Uh, Why can't Frank Lance command a larger army? <laughs> oh, that's an excellent question. Why doesn't Why doesn't just a like Frank Lance or Bennett Foddy gets to decide what people should be playing in any given week. And then people like they'll just be game. presented a bunch of games and they can swipe left or swipe right, depending on whether they want. Yep. Uh, so six match as, as I described it, it's, it's sort of a, a match three game, but you exist as a character on the board. Uh, and then as time goes on, it sort of introduces more and more different kinds of tiles that have different rules. Sometimes you're not trying to match them. Sometimes you're trying to get them to the bottom of the board. Sometimes, 
when you move, instead of swapping with the tile that you move towards, you push. Like some tiles are f- sort of physical objects in the in the world, and are yeah, pushable. and moving into them pushes the, an the whole entire row, row or column. column. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, just internalizing what what that all means, and then sort of the central conceit of it is that you have six moves to create some kind of board state change. Um, eliminating you have to you have to like match three tiles or eliminate a tile in some way or change a tile in some way um and if you if you don't get those six moves in then it's just game over if you don't change something in six moves the game is over but there's a lot of like assistance you can ask for help at any point to be like oh what what is a legal move right now or you can just use that as the fact that there that the game knows yeah. that there is a legal move as a like indicator. Well, I could be doing something, so what is it? And then just sit there and, and look, I, stare I, at the board. I hadn't noticed this at first. If there is no legal move, the help becomes the icon on it changes, and what it does is it spawns a thing right next to you that you can then swap with to consist of a legal move. Yeah. Um, and so keeping a hint just tells you that something is possible or not and it almost always is and that is infuriating yeah (laughs) because it gets so hard to like internalize what the possibility space gets real real wide it's when you first start playing it feels like this insane constraint like oh god i can do nothing in six moves i how can you be expecting me to to like achieve anything on this board with that little mobility and then at the end you're like oh crap that there's so many there are possibilities. infinite possibilities. Yeah, which one is going to leave me with the most favorable conditions in the future? Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time just just trying to get something to happen on my fifth or sixth move, and on the way to that, sort of lining up things for the future to make it more likely that I'll be able to use them for another set of moves later. Um, good game. It's a it's a it's a deeply deeply strategic little puzzle game, and more people should play it. And I think it's free with ads and you can pay to turn the ads off, which is insane. Which also indicates that this game has made very little money. Maybe a hundred dollars, which is fucking, that's so gross. Yep. iOS is bad. The iOS marketplace is bad. There was a, there was an article that was published this past week about, and that wasn't an article, I guess it was a presentation somebody gave and they published their slides on Twitter and it was. You know, most games on Steam, if you just look at actual averages, most games on Steam sell like 200 copies. Right. Right. And then if you, if you remove all the sort of like filler that's been kind of coming in over the past year, the, the average is still like a thousand copies, which is just not sustainable. You can't make a game that is both good and selling a thousand copies of it is enough for you to live on probably. Sure. I mean, I guess though, like, if you look at all of the albums that have ever been released in the history of mankind, most of them have probably sold on average a hundred copies yeah. in books, right? And like albums, you think, well, you try when you're 20, you and your friends form a band, you release one album, and if it doesn't do well, you just get a job. And maybe that's what video games need to be like. Our insistence that the video game industry is a real industry is is the real problem. <laughs> it's is the real villain is assuming that we deserve insurance. Do you feel like the amount of effort of making an album and making a video game are commensurate? No. Well, no, some close. some games. Okay. And some albums. Like right. you can you but can make general, an album in an hour. And in general an album. Right. Or you can I mean so okay. Was West of Loathing less work than 
smile. <laughs> so, outliers. Right. West of Loathing being the easiest video game to make and Smile <laughs> being the most difficult album. West of Loathing is not the easiest game to make. I was kidding. Okay. It was like seven people for two years. Like, sure. that's pretty, well, and, pretty I mean, big. I know that's how long for... it took us, but maybe we were just bad, right? Like, Yeah, that's... Boy. Thanks, Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we are just bad. What if you, what if you had been like your level of engagement for the last like three months of development? What if you'd been like that the whole time? We could have gotten oh, the whole game done in six months. Maybe. Yeah. No, I don't think so. But if, if you weren't doing all of that pesky running the business. <laughs> the pro- part of the problem is that like it just takes time to make funny animations and to sure. have enough creative energy to write funny jokes, right? Like you but- can't just, you can't just do that all in the shortest amount of time possible. The broader conversation though, like, yes. is it, is it bad that most games are not commercially viable or is it bad that the government doesn't support the arts? <laughs> that's right. Like, sure. I, like that's I a totally that's, non false dichotomy. At, right. at some point as a culture, as a species, we're going to have to figure out what to do about art. Because I say we jerk off to it. It's ridiculous now. Well, that's already happening. So well, do, job done. Well, what do you mean? Do what? What do we have to do about art? I just mean like how there are there are some jobs, and this is maybe just market at work, like where some jobs where you just get paid in feeling good about yourself, as and as a result, you get paid less money. Right. Like you know hospice work okay you know or making art is that a problem that we have to solve or is that just a feature is that just a feature of a world in which people have like concrete needs and abstract needs and concrete you're probably right it it just like it is it is very hard like and and honestly like we we've had this conversation multiple times basic income kind of just solves the problem yep well I don't know. Maybe it just pushes the problem down the road because like what? Okay. What if basic income, all that achieves is now the production value of even shitty art is so much higher that the cost of making art that anyone has a prayer of caring about becomes more than basic income sustains. That makes things better for consumers, for art consumers. But things are really good for consumers right now. A lot of the most impressive art is time intensive and not resource intensive. Right. right. Like look at how long mm. it took that guy to write our mutt on that urinal. Well, <laughs> like I think I'm thinking about like some amazing textile pieces that I've seen recently. Like there's nothing like sure there's material costs and there's the, like all the their lifetime spent learning how to make things. Right. But the actual effort of making the piece is just actually figuring out how to do the textile thing that you want it to do. Um, was that in San Diego, the the museum that we went to in San Diego, that, that there was that guy who had made all of those giant sculptures out of like more or less identical pieces of garbage, yeah. but just like millions and millions of identical pieces of yeah. garbage. But then we looked at we were like, how did this how did one guy make this? And then it was like, oh, he had like 400 slaves, basically, <laughs> like he like he paid people basically nothing to assemble this for him I'm like yeah. oh, okay like, like this how changes everything jeff Koontz's work works yeah and 
and like if you there was an article that I linked like two years ago on Twitter about it was it was uh, about uh, writers. It was about how like people who write books that are like well received critically but don't sell. How are they making a living? And the answer is they're just already rich. Or they have a, a, a spouse that has a good job. And that happens a lot, I think, in, in indie games as well. Or in the case of like, uh, of some developers, like Belgium pays for it. Right. Do you know any Belgian developers? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of where was, um, are you thinking of Tale of Tales where, Tale where of France, Tales where I think just France paid for all of it? France, France and Belgium are basically the same place. I guess that's true. Uh, if you're wrong, well, there's like <laughs> French toast and Belgian waffles, and those are uh-huh. similar. Um, you know, Canada mm-hmm. paid for Fez, mm-hmm. Canadian bacon. I'm just these are all breakfast foods. I think all of these, all of these like government sponsored. Right. So because arts. we don't have bright because apple pie because our our defining food is a dessert. Yep. Mm-hmm. You only get paid at the end, yep. and only if people think it's really sweet. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean that is kind of how art works in America. Yep. What happens if you put cheddar on the apple pie? Hmm. But just hell. turns it into a <laughs> yeah. No man, you've been there the whole time, Riff. It sounds gross, but it turns out it's real good. Yeah, I've I've had it. It's good. Yep. You can also put it on like a apple pie pop tart. Okay, wait. What if you replace the cheese on your burger with apple pie? Oh, I'd try that. I, I would. I would try it. Okay. Huh. Yeah. No, because that I don't think an apple pie with a beef patty on it would be good. I didn't say that. I said a burger with apple pie. What? <laughs> what, what about a hamburger with applesauce? Mm. I don't think applesauce is good. Okay. That's not the good part of an apple. The good part of an apple the is the seeds. crunch. Mm. The seeds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just stems and seeds. Like yeah, that. it's not Johnny applesauce. <laughs> uh and so, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I played, uh, I continue to play a bunch of Prey. Nice. And it's yeah. great. You love it. I do love it. You got an ending. I got an ending. It was very brief and. Yeah, obviously and not real. Not a real ending. Yeah. But it hints, I think it hints at the like twist or whatever, mm-hmm. which is fine. I've actually, I, I remember seeing people like it. I think it was an article on Polygon exhorting people to not do that ending because it spoils. Because the, it messes up the. Yeah, uh, the I, yeah. I, I, I am playing this game so late that I was already like, I, I had already heard enough sure. rumblings uh, that like it was not that much of a spoiler for me. But I also think it only spoils the ending if you already know what the ending is. Because that yeah, might be true. Because otherwise it's just like a weird scene that you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. There, Which, I mean, there are a lot of like. Arguably, like the the books in the opening of the then like the, your, the first room of the game spoil the ending. But I mean, I think that's just everything pointing to the ending. Once you already know it, you can yeah. look at it yeah. and say, "Oh, this was indicated all along." Yep. Right, and that's just like a trick that mm-hmm. you do to make something seem really cool and thoughtful. <laughs> I mean, that's being thoughtful, I guess. I don't tying up loose ends is a thing that creates so much value in the viewer and is yep. just mm-hmm. no effort on the part of the... Like, well, but it, it, to tie it, something up sati- in a satisfying way, yeah. I think, is a little tricky. But, like, y- like there's so much of the time in, like, ongoing storyline stuff for KOL that we're like, oh, right, we should 
in whatever the next step of this is, we should incorporate some dumb loose end that we left behind six months ago. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you were playing this all along. So cool. It's like, <laughs> I, I bet people no. super loved when Russell the Crow comes back at the end of West of Loathing. And yep. that was a decision we did not make until like the last 12 minutes. <gasps> yeah. Well, I never it, figured out what the doll did. The doll that nothing. I, it's not true. It totally <laughs> it, does some things. It, it kills all the. So she, if you let her go, she kills all the squirrels at fucking what's his name's store. What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, yeah, I made up that name. Uh, so, oh, right, right, because that was another loose end. Because you in the in the Breadwood mining camp stuff, they keep talking about a guy who came through who was like haunted yeah. Halloran. Yeah. Halloran. Yeah. Halloran. Okay. Halloran's hideaway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was, that's a pretty cool. So probably pretty I just, cool found, I just well, found that the squirrels were dead and didn't make the connection. Yeah. She shows up in the DLC. Okay. Too. All right. So, but, and like, all future we just, games <laughs> just ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah all, fu- yes, all future games. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we, we totally just had a list of like, here, loose, here are little, things little that are potentially ends. loose ends. Yeah. And yep. we just wedge one in wherever it fit. Yeah. It, it was great. That's a really, I think that's a really fun way to develop because then you're yeah. not, there's no pressure to do it if, if it doesn't make any sense. But if it, if it fits in anywhere, you might as well because then that's just a cool connection to yep. have. And, and anything that doesn't get used, we'll, we'll, we just leave that list for the sequel and stuff can get wrapped up as tie ins from the previous game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And how cool does that seem? Yeah, right. Pretty, pretty cool, I guess. So yeah, I mean, they knew when they right, like you didn't know when you were reading the books in the initial office in Prey what the ending was going to be like, but they did. Right. Yep. And I still don't know because I haven't gotten to the, the uh, to a real ending yet. But I, 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 I do maintain that like the way that it teases the real ending when you do the fake ending if you try to bail in the middle which is effectively like you don't know this but it's effectively well like because that could have been the end of the game right that had been a game in the 90s it could have just that could have been it right like oh fuck fuck this i'm out of here the end uh it's not like it was easy getting there yeah and but it doesn't spoil it it teases it in a cool way like it only seems like a spoiler if you are are, are coming back yeah uh I just love all the the little bits. Like I am just continuously being rewarded for paying attention and collecting everything and like scouring the environments looking for small things that are hidden. Like there's a lot of like little caches of stuff hidden around that are narratively justified and I'll, I'll sometimes find it and I'll be like, what is this all about? And then I'll find the, the narrative justification later. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. that was I, I really like, and I didn't do this, but I really like how you can look in the, on computers, there's just a list of everybody on the ship and you can track them all down. The, the game being like, or a mini game in, in Prey being like, let's, I, let's find every person on the space station. Yeah. And the fact that it keeps track of that is great. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, Apparently there are people like locked in a room that I have no idea how to get into. Oh, interesting. And like in the, in the IT room, there's like a closet and like, that's where uh, like four or five people are. And I just can't get in there. And I don't know how. Mm. Aren't there like, there's like a bunch of them that were playing Dungeons and Dragons too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, but that's, and that's like a puzzle, right? Like, cause they've, they, they each have, were given a map and, 
uh, somebody like made a little mini arg for them, right? They were like, "Here's here's a map. Find find your like secret bit, and then the four of you come together at my quarters, and there'll be a prize for you." And I'm like, "That's so great, right?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah setting up setting up a challenge for the player as a challenge that was set up for some other nerds yep. in the fiction <laughs> is so good. I mean, it's like why the sh- you know I think you pointed this out. Jim, it's like why the shrines in Breath of the Wild work right. is because well, they were built as puzzles that you right. had to solve. Well, and they were I built it as out games. I think it was Andy McClure who pointed it out on Twitter about Breath of the Wild. Yep. Um, God, I'm so glad that you're liking it. Yeah, it's, it's really. Good. I mean, I knew you. I knew you would love it. I'm so glad that you're actually getting around to doing it though, because yeah. it was like, ah, this is going to be such a great treat for Kevin. Yeah, I need to. I need to like get finish it so that I can stop spending my all my weekends just doing that and nothing else yeah but what else are you gonna do with those weekends work <laughs> got, a, got a lot of work to do. play another game uh sure yeah i guess i, I mean work that. is just games you know if you ask other people sure that's true i played a bunch of this game called slay the spire yeah which everybody's everybody's talking about it's like dream quest okay. it's like a more polished version of dream quest pretty much just exactly that so a card (laughs) yeah so you start out with a deck of cards you pick a character class and that determines your initial deck and there's only two classes available in the early access version of it and then you are kind of navigating a map that's just a node graph that you can only go one direction on and it's like the individual nodes on the map are like a fight with a monster or a question mark, which is like a random event or maybe a fight or a merchant or a campfire. And at campfires, you can either like rest to recover. You don't, re- you don't recover hit points between fights. Uh, so at campfires, you can either rest and recover like 30% of your health or you can upgrade one of your cards. And the cards all have like a secondary version that are usually just like more bang for the buck. The cards are very simple for the most part. They're things like you know, spend one energy and do six damage to, uh, to an enemy. And you're in this kind of just JRPG combat thing and you, but the, the gameplay is in like building up your deck as you go through, like making choices about cards that you take as rewards from fights and stuff and trying to make these just insanely overpowered decks. Like the way that Dream Quest did it where you would eventually be just like, all right, now I just have this thing where like I can kind of infinitely draw through my entire deck and just like ruin everybody when I, when I get this combo going, you're essentially going for stuff like that. Um, and it's like the graphics are okay. Um, the, the card gameplay is like just a, it's, you know, it's basically just dream quest. And so go back to the episode where I talked a lot about dream quest, which I think <laughs> was like two indicades ago or three. And, uh, you'll, you'll have it. It's, it's similar to the Hearthstone dungeon run I was just to say, too. It- yeah. God, I still, that still drives me crazy. I like, I went back to it last night. I think I played, a, I picked up a priest and I got, to, I got to the eighth boss on my first time as a priest. And I was like, oh, this is going great. And then the eighth boss just was the, it was the beholder one. Yeah. And it was just like, just nothing I could do. It was just, just ruinous. Yep. yep. Just the worst. And then I hated it all over again. <laughs> Man, I kind of want to go back to it now. Even after getting, I can get the card, card back maps. again. How about those beholders in prey, though? Beholders in prey. Which ones would you consider the beholder? Uh, I forget what they're called. Um, there's a variant called the technopath. Yeah, there's the telepath and the technopath. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
those as long as you have advanced knowledge of them like as long as you see them before they see you they're fine yeah you can just you stun both of them and then you laser them it's not a big deal it's when it's when you don't recognize that they're around and then like all of a sudden you're getting the crap beat out of you and you don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah or suddenly there's this monster floating there with like four turrets like floating around it shooting and you. like a bunch of familiars yeah yep I things things can go real it. real bad in prey if you are not paying attention it's true I was never paying attention so things were terrible all the time <laughs> okay yeah because if you're not like sneaking around and like noticing that there's a bunch of mimics and killing them first before encountering the like thermal phantom or whatever they'll just run to the phantom and turn into like flaming mimics and they're much more hazardous yeah fuck I want to play prey again now yeah do it it's good. I want to erase my memory of having played it the first time. Maybe if huh. I That'd remove a Neuromod or something. Yeah. yeah. I should have had one installed when you started. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it takes you back to the moment that you had the, your most recent Neuromod so installed. Much, so much of Black Mirror is just about like... Video games. Memory and perception, like with some tiny circle that is somehow an entire interface to your brain. Yep. Man, what a good show. Do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Yeah. Mew complex. Riff, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I, sorry. No, I, it, <laughs> I thought it so, was going to be better than it did. Than but it why, where did it, wait, this, cause this game is like a couple years old. Like where, how did this, how did this end up on your radar? Uh, steam sale, I think. Okay. I did some research. It was like, like I found, um, Jay is games back when it was a flash game on congregate like oh. I, I loved it like the reviewer there thought it was really good um this coming from a flash game makes a lot of sense actually. yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's a game where you're basically like a command line uh interface to solve a series of puzzles yeah. like you're nominally network. like yeah. telnetting around uh telnetting around a network yeah, or whatever it's but it's really a linear it's basically a room of, escape thing of puzzles yeah which it's which is fine. It's yeah, fine. fine. It, it all of the trappings, puzzles. all of right. the trappings of it are really polished. Yeah, like it. It looks really nice. It sounds really nice. It plays really nice. The writing is just atrocious. Yeah, and the puzzles are not. The puzzles are not great. I mean, the, the puzzles are fine. That like, it, I guess yeah. Well, they just become more like tasks. One, yeah. Well, right. Okay. So that, that that's, that's not funny, really their actually. fault, right? It was, it, it was that th this puzzle was essentially like, Oh, look at page 23 of this, of the Chicago Tribune from August 13th, 1961. Yeah. And which, which relies on the fact that at the time they did it, the Chicago Tribune archive was free and it right. no longer is. You can still, so I did not pay for it or, or even no. sign up for their week of week free trial. You could still get to it. It's just, you just have to, be a little more clever i i You're cleverly back machine i cleverly looked in the, in steam, the steam forums, forums and just yeah. found a spoiler for what the right. yeah, that, okay. the, that jsd games review had a walkthrough attached to it yeah. which is what i ended up using um boy boy is the content bad and the content is really in a game like this your only reward for right. finishing anything and so it really sapped i like i think i got maybe three quarters of the way through the game about the same here yeah. um I, there was a big section of the second episode where there's just a bunch of different codes that you have to solve. And like, 
solving a code is boring. Like, yeah. As soon as I saw the oh, there's a veneer cipher here. This is that thing that I have to look up how to do, and right. then it's boring and sucks, and I don't. I mean, you just do use it. a solver, right? Like that's the yeah. You can't copy and paste out of this game, that's which that was, it was like a that was fuck. Really yeah, if you're gonna rely on external stuff, make it more. <laughs> it's weird because I like. I wonder if you could copy and paste from the Flash version because that's something that. Like, depending on how you set it up, you can make a Flash game that you, you can, can select and text. Yeah. yeah. It, this thing isn't bad and I don't regret buying it and I don't think that it shouldn't be and I don't think that people shouldn't play it. But I just I, wish it was better. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like the, this was, this seemed to me like the work of somebody who liked video games and puzzles and puzzles but didn't really have a good idea for how to kind of thematically synthesize all of the stuff that they were good at into a good experience for the player. Like they had almost all of it, but like the writing was just like, uh, what if I'm just made a bunch of portal jokes right. which <laughs> yeah the, the kick, just the kick like, is a lie thing is like oh, please, god that knock is so, it off like so the, even in even in 2015 yeah like at that point that joke was already what seven years old yeah and it like every time i dug into emails it was like fuck god this it's just like clumsy mm-hmm. like I get the mood that you're shooting for with this, but it is not working and it is not working because this game, a game with this much text in it needed a writer and you did not have one. If we weren't so busy, I bet we could make a really good one of these. You think? Well, I think eventually we will. Eventually we're going to have some sort of hacking cyberpunk. So we could, we could write one that was good and funny. I don't know that, I don't know that we could do as, as good a job as this guy did. One day you're going to put something like this in a, uh, West of Loathing sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Sure. But I, I don't, I I wonder, I wonder if it'll be, I wonder if it will feel as nice as this. Hmm. It'll probably feel like West of Loathing. Cyber Loathing. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good name. Is it? I don't. <laughs> I don't think I agree with you that it is. But we'll see. We'll we'll release it and see if people say, "Hey, this game with best name of 2026." <laughs> That'll surely be like an IGF category by then. Yeah, no doubt. Just best name. Ah, oh, God. What if that was an Oscar category that was <laughs> best title of a movie? Yeah. <laughs> Man, because you'd have this whole like you'd have all of these just like garbage nothing movies released because it's. Probably pretty cheap to just say, "Ah, oh, it's a movie. a movie." Yeah, it's real cheap to know. <laughs> it's weird that The Godfather just has won this four years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sequels aren't eligible. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about Mew Complex. It's I like it was. It was I think aspirational, and I appreciate. I, I want more experiences like this where there's just the sequences of puzzles um but this really just wasn't compelling enough too many things too many of the like mechanics were just reused over and over again too because i was like oh okay so instead of being able to read this thing i have to type pseudo in front of this thing yeah and that's not no interesting particular reason yeah yeah like it doesn't all that's just you, you, yeah, to, you like, can get away with that once yeah right and i mean it, like <clears throat> like the point of pseudo is to 
let you run the thing that you just tried to run without remembering to type sudo. Like that's how it is in real life. And that's how it is in this. And it's like a nuisance in real life. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, what is our next assignment, fellas? We're going to play floor kids. Tell me about floor kids. Floor kids is a, um, break dancing game for the switch. So apparently a rhythm game with like car- cute cartoony animation. Don't know much more than that. What do you know about it, Kevin? Uh, we uh, were in a competition with them or against them or mutually involved in a competition yeah. uh, with West of Loathing. I knew they beat us. And they beat us. But I didn't get a chance great. to play it because we were there showing West of Loathing at the right. show and didn't get to play anything else. Yep. Do you know anything about the game? Is it? I, I mean, I, I saw it for like a couple of minutes and I played it a little bit, uh, but I'm super curious as to see what it's like now that it's like two years later. I think the riff wasn't, or the riff. <laughs> I just looked down at your phone and it said riff. The Switch, uh, was the Switch out when we saw the game? Was the Switch no. announced no. when we saw the not game? Yeah, the I Switch, actually don't know if the Switch for other platforms was not well. even a gleam in. Miyamoto's eye. When they, <laughs> I'm assuming that Miyamoto was. I'm, I'm assuming they were already working on it by that point because that was only. Yeah, it was called the two, Wii two U. Years ago, right. Two and a half years. Ago. They were like, "What if we took a hacksaw to this bullshit?" <laughs> Do you think that's how the Switch was invented? Somebody, Somebody destroyed a Wii U in a fit of peak. Like, what if the rest of this still worked? <laughs> <laughs> there was there were prototype pictures where it was two. Two game cubes taped together. <laughs> yes, two cubes. <laughs> oh, that's, so the sequel to the Wii GameCube was two game cubes, and the sequel to the Wii U was half a Wii U. <laughs> Wasn't it like two Wii controllers taped to the side of like an iPad, kind of or whatever? Like there was some. Oh, oh yeah, that's 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 a pretty good reductive description. Yeah, there, I I can't remember what the device in the middle was. I can't remember if it was like a Wii U tablet or if it was. An iPad is, is reasonably like I can't think of anything better than that. Well, sure, but like I think it was actually like you a could prototype. come up with something more insulting, like an etch a sketch. <laughs> Did you know that a single uh, Joy-Con has more computing power than the entire space shuttle? <laughs> it's probably very true. I didn't actually realize that the until the the Nintendo Labo announcement that there was an IR camera in the right side controller. Oh, for you being able to use it as a pointer. Well, for not just the pointer, it's the like because you can then put retroactive tape on stuff, and then it can like pay attention to the environment and can do cool things. Like that's how the piano works. The, the piano is just a bunch of uh, pieces of plastic with like retroactive tape or pieces of cardboard with retroactive tape on them, and when the IR camera sees that, oh neat, it plays a little note, right? Like that's cl- super clever. Labo is really interesting. Yeah, and I wonder if that should be an assignment. Huh. Come, come, four twenty. Mm-hmm. That would be a good way to spend four twenty. <laughs> just building a bunch of like cool cardboard projects. Yeah, man, you'd mess it all up, man. That's great. Did yes. you guys hear about Branchless Doom? No, no. What is that? This is a version of Doom that has been recompiled to have no branching instructions in it. It's just it. It was uh, used by a recompiler that um, changes every uh, instruction to a move instruction. 
I don't um, <laughs> I don't know enough of what that, sorry what that, that, that that's probably something that like one percent of the audience will understand and like I'm realizing now if I tried to explain it I'd spend the next half hour. Um, How does it imagine writing the- a program that just never makes a decision? It does every possible calculation. Okay. Um, and but then in a, in a game when where you it gets can to the end, it just freely, go- that seems extremely difficult, right? What's that? In a game that you just wander around, you can wander around freely. Right, right. Well, the way it, um, the way it works is that it, it does every possible calculation through like of an execution and then it restarts. It just jumps back to the very beginning. Um, and so it is like interactable, but it, um, takes about seven hours to render a frame <laughs> on modern CPUs. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can, I can, I can imagine like, Here's a, you know, fairly complicated game. Uh, take all the logic in it such that, like, it just ec- all executes once and then it throws away everything but the absolute, like, here's exactly what we needed to do this, like, the equivalent of, like, three instructions uh, and throws everything else away. And it just does that over and over again until, you know, it, it I, basically until you give up and quit. What made you think of this now? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> We're talking about Labo. <laughs> uh, I think I thought of it, but I was thinking about it while we were talking about Labo. What were we talking about before Labo? Mu Complex. Mm, I don't know then. We, the world may Floor never know. Kids. Kids. Whether so the kids. Switch was a gleam in anybody's eye. Yeah. Uh, Wiimotes taped to an yeah, yeah. iPad. Yeah. It was probably something around, this was probably something like that. Anyway, branchless Doom. We also yesterday watched a YouTube video of Doom running on a Commodore sixty four. Oh yeah, that was a uh, that was what w- that was w- the video that I watched that made me go research branchless Doom. Oh, um, oh, oh! I should I should point out that branchless Doom was made in response to the meltdown inspector CPU bugs. Um, so this is a totally oh. secure version of Doom that is. <laughs> Not susceptible to those two bugs. I see. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Commodore 64 Doom was impressive until I found out that it used a modified Commodore 64 that ran at 20 megahertz and had a lot more RAM. Oh, huh. So it's point zero 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 four frames per second. <laughs> If it takes seven hours to render a frame. Right, yeah, that sounds okay. right. That's good. Um, yeah. uh, guys, do you know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog is brought to us by? Who? Our generous Patreon backers, such as Branchless Doug. <laughs> Tender Gamesman. <laughs> branchless, Branchless Doug. Uh, I was going to I was gonna say Branchless whatever you said, and then you fucking beat me to it. Douglas Fur. Furry Doug. <laughs> Chad. Chad. Furry Chad. Chad 319. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've had a great time recording episode number 319 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we... 318 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon, at which point we'll do episode 319 of Video Games Hot Dog. And listeners, Chad. I hope you'll join us, especially you, Chad. Kakaboo Good night. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>